0: This is John Halsman, and welcome to a special edition of Around the World in 20 Minutes, where we try to make sense of the beguiling new world that we find ourselves in. And something's happened that I have to talk to you about. And as I said, these next few weeks are going to be a roller coaster ride. I was just heading off to dinner here in Milan when I read Niall Ferguson's uh, very dangerous article comparing the crises in Ukraine, uh, Israel, and Taiwan to World War III, conflating together three separate things that have absolutely no business being lumped together. And this is precisely what the neoconservatives did uh, around Iraq and then Afghanistan. Let's remember that they're conflating of, which was crazy then and crazy now, they're conflating of Al-Qaeda and Iraq. And I remember being in Washington and arguing this at the highest levels of the American government. What in the world do these two groups have in common other than they do both don't like the United States, which isn't remotely enough to say they're the same. On one hand we have uh, Iraq, which was run at the time. It was pan-Arab, uh, pan-socialist and secular. It was so they were secular, socialist, Arabist nationalists. on the one hand and on the other hand we have people who are deeply religious dreaming of a caliphate. They despised one another, had absolutely nothing in common other than broadly being against the established American order. And yet the neocons, by lumping together two things that have no business being together, did an intellectual magic trick. And we went from dealing with al-Qaeda to somehow invading Iraq, even though the two things had nothing nothing to do with one another. It was that intellectual error. That's the snake in the garden. That's the intellectual bridge too far. By lumping things together, which the neoconservatives love to do, they reach this point where you have to fight everywhere because everything is linked. Everything must be fought because everything is linked together. Again, a simple way to think of this is a Bond film, Spectre. Number seven, how are narcotics doing? Number eight, how is terrorism doing? Number six, how are things going, you know, fermenting domestic revolts? As though this were all interconnected and though some shadowy international organization lay behind all this. And in this case, uh, George Bush talked about these links being together and somehow it transmogrified from dealing with um, al-Qaeda, which was a deeply religious group in in looking for an Islamic caliphate to somehow invading a group of people who were secular socialist nationalists, pan-Arab nationalists, and having nothing in common. And yet by saying that everything was linked to al-Qaeda, people suspended their brains and went along with this terrible, terrible idea. This is what neoconservative thinking does. It conflates, it lumps together things that are absolutely not the same And then we get a notion where you have to fight everywhere because everything is interconnected. And this simply isn't true. And the problem with Niall Ferguson's comments is that he's such an effective communicator. I'm taking him seriously. In my own political risk profession, there are very few people out there that I have any regard for in terms of their creativity, in terms of them actually adding intellectual value to work. And certainly, uh, Niall Ferguson is one of those people that he is indeed very, very good at linking these things together. And I always read him, and even when I don't agree, and he often does go for this somewhat academic, unified field theory approach, he always makes me think. The problem with his musings now is he's doing what the neocons did before him. He's over-egging three crises. Yes, we have three crises. We have a crisis in Ukraine, we have a crisis in Israel, and we have a brewing crisis that we've talked an awful lot about In Taiwan. Yes, there are three authoritarian groupings here that want to wipe those three places off the map. The Russians do want to wipe Ukraine off the map, though they certainly can't, as has been proven by a year year and a half of war. Uh, Hamas, if they could, and Israel, and sorry, Iran, if they could, would wipe Israel off the map, though they can't. Israel is the strongest single country in the Middle East, so that's not the same. And Taiwan. China, if they could, would just make it be what they say it is, which is a renegade province. But again, beyond that, they have very little in common. And by Ferguson over-egging things, by saying this is World War III, he's both making it far more existential than it is and far more unified. It's brilliant marketing, and no one doubts that beyond being a very talented political risk analyst, Ferguson is indeed a very good marketer, and I, I say that with respect. Um, That's a lot of the job, too. But but every American and every Westerner knows what World War Three is. And so this is existential if it is indeed World War Three. And thus, if everything is interconnected, we have to fight and support everywhere all at once because it's all the same thing. And this is what I've seen this party before. I've been to this dance before, and it leads to absolute catastrophe. And so let's begin to unravel the many differences here because Ferguson is over-egging this in a huge way. There are simply huge differences between the three crises that he blithely ignores. First, in terms of their relative importance to the United States. Ukraine, again, based on our Roosevelt rule from my book, the idea that no one can dominate either Europe or Asia and that if anyone does, the United States has to balance against them because this is the primary landmass on the planet and has the most people the most resources the most ports the most wherewithal the greatest population and if anybody dominates this world landmass they will eventually dominate the western hemisphere so a good rule of thumb as to a primary american interest is that any effort to dominate either europe or asia must be balanced against or even fought for by the united states okay let's take the three crises one ukraine No, it doesn't pass the laugh test. The Russians can't even take over Ukraine, let alone make it to a late NATO country, let alone challenge Germany in the Fulda Gap. And people in Rome, Berlin, and Paris can sleep soundly tonight knowing Russian tanks aren't about to show up. That isn't remotely possible. If anything, the Ukraine war shows the Russians can't even take Ukraine, which it was thought at the time they could, that they are weaker than they were thought. So there is no danger whatsoever of europe being subsumed by the russians so it doesn't rise to the level for the americans of a primary interest frankly ukraine doesn't rise to the level of being a secondary interest that is not not the same as israel which with which the united states has a special relationship along with the uk the anglosphere countries places like japan and the united states certainly would fight for if it were indeed in existential peril Trust me, the Israelis don't want the Americans fighting for them. They will take care of business on their own. But Israel is a primary American interest. And certainly, as we've talked about, so is Taiwan. Because if Taiwan falls to China, the first island chain falls, and eventually the Chinese, both their mercantile folks and their navy, can steam out in the blue waters of the Pacific and the Indian Ocean. (coughs) Through this, they can dominate Asia, ultimately, and China dominating Asia, according to the Roosevelt rule, means that's a primary interest. So we have a tertiary interest in Ukraine, a primary interest that isn't threatened in Israel in terms of its existential survival, although we should certainly help them with wherewithal intelligence and diplomacy, as President Biden belatedly is. And in Taiwan, we do indeed have a primary interest on the line. So three entirely different situations because of, due to American thinking. So there's that. Um, And and that's important. Also, you have to look at the relative power of the three places involved. Taiwan and Ukraine are relatively weak, and Israel is the strongest country in the Middle East. So not the same situation there either. And this notion of an anti-Western access is far less unified than were Imperial Japan, uh, Mussolini, and Hitler in the late 1930s, early 1940s. So frankly, that wasn't all that unified Japan declared war, as we see in our new book, The Last Best Hope, without even telling the Nazis. And and, uh, Italy very quickly became merely, as Churchill put it, a lapdog, a lackey of Hitler. Was very much the junior partner of the three. So that wasn't even very united. And this certainly isn't. What What does Iran which is seen as the boogeyman in the Middle East, rightly they're the revolutionary power. What do China and what do Russia have in common other than they don't like the Western-dominated, American-inspired world? For example, Russia and China are rivals for influence in Central Asia, not allies. The Chinese are making inroads into what is traditionally a Russian sphere of influence, even in Siberia itself, though part of Russia, China economically dominates it. So there's constant jockeying, between China and Russia for what we call the Batman problem. The problem is somebody has to wear those ugly tights and be Robin, and neither wants to be Robin. Naturally, Putin will be because China is far dominant, but there are great tensions lingering between China and Russia over the Batman problem. Who's the dominant force there and who is who is Robin and who is Batman? This is what led to the unraveling of the first uh, alliance during communist era, the Cold War between Mao and Khrushchev, when Khrushchev said, I'm willing to be second banana to Stalin, but not to Khrushchev. Um, and so that led to the unrivaling of the Sino-Soviet uh, pact. Um, and this is true again, that they're vying for influence specifically in places like Central Asia, but more generally. And Iran, the Islamic Republic of Iran, let's think of its name. Yes, it's willing to pragmatically work with China, take their money, take their weapons, but they're not ideological soulmates. An Islamic Republic doesn't like the godless atheists running Beijing any more than they like the Orthodox Christians running Moscow. Civilizationally, these three countries have absolutely nothing in common except a broad dislike of the United States-influenced world, a broad dislike of the West, and the fact that they're all to some extent or other revolutionary powers trying to upend the current system. But that doesn't mean they're doing it in coordination, a la a world war. The problem with putting these things together when they're not, is if you say something is a world war, it means I have to do something. And in fact, in this case, it means I have to intervene in all three. If we were to intervene more decisively in all three crises, this would be a geostrategic disaster of the first order for the United States, because realism is all about making choices, all about seeing differences. Neoconservatism is all about putting things together that have no business being put together. And by doing this, by ignoring this legion of differences that I talk about, by making it simple, simplistic, as they did over Iraq and Afghanistan, to say somehow al-Qaeda and Iraq are like each other because they both don't like the United States, and let's ignore all their fundamental differences. One is secular, one is religious, one believes in nationalism, one believes in a caliphate, one believes in pan-Arabism, one believes in Islam. By ignoring all these fundamental differences, you get to an answer where you make insanely stupid decisions like the invasion of Iraq and Afghanistan. And the danger with Ferguson, who is such a successful marketer, lumping together all these disparate crises into a world war is it means this is existential for the United States. You get away from the idea of interest, that interests don't matter anymore at all. And of course they do. They do. These are not the same situation. The United States does not care nearly as much about what happens in Ukraine. It doesn't matter who runs Ukraine. It will not upset the European order fundamentally, but China invading Taiwan certainly would. And Israel is not in existential danger of being subsumed by Iran at any point in the future. So three entirely different situations with entirely different villains, per se, revolutionary powers from the American point of view, the last thing you do is conflate the unconflatable because by calling it a world war, you say everything is interconnected, we have to fight everyone all at once, and that is a recipe for imperial overstretch and decline. Are we gonna spend another trillion dollars Fighting In Ukraine, we don't have another trillion dollars given the $32 trillion American debt, our school systems falling apart, the fentanyl crisis, which killed more people last year, 122,000 than died in all of Vietnam. The surest way to our ruin is to ignore our problems domestically. And to see that we somehow have to go tilt at windmills, conflate all our enemies together and make a self-fulfilling prophecy of a world war by fighting our enemies all together and all at once when we don't have the wherewithal to do that and ignoring basic differences in them and in our own interests. This is not a little mistake. This is a fundamental danger to the future of the United States. By ignoring all these differences, by making all these crises uniform when they are very, very different, you get to a very dangerous neocon foreign policy. And I've seen that party before. We have to separate this. We have to tell the Ukrainians now is the time to begin to cut a deal. We have to taper them off of military wherewithal, offer to help them after the war, in a porcupine strategy that keeps them viable, but begin to wind that war down or make it clear there is no blank check from the United States for a third-order priority. We have to do what we've done to Israel, offer them all the intel, diplomatic help we can, have tr- have carriers sitting off the, uh, off the med, and then if they're needed to shoot down Hezbollah, Uh, missiles, that's fine, but Israel's not going to want the United States to be directly involved militarily, and Israel doesn't need the United States to be directly involved militarily. It is a different situation. We will support our ally come hell or high water, diplomatically, in terms of military wherewithal, replenishing Iron Dome, their anti-missile strategy, of course we will, We will help them in every way we can, but we will not put boots on the ground because we don't have to. And in the Indo-Pacific, we need to get together because Xi has scared all the horses in the region. A coalition of the willing, with Japan doubling its defense spending, with the Philippines giving us basing in the northern islands of the Philippines so that we can resupply Taiwan. With the AUKUS Defense Treaty with Australia and Britain over nuclear submarines, we need to put, with India, the glittering prize of Asia, putting together the quadrilateral initiative, putting together AUKUS, putting together these allies, changing the deterrence factor for China. But in each case, you do something very, very different. You don't lump things together because they aren't the same. And if you make them the same, if you make this a self-fulfilling prophecy, you are leading the United States down the road to ruin. This dangerous neocon idea of Niall Ferguson's, who is such a fine thinker in general, must be squelched at birth. Because I've seen this party before where we tie things together that absolutely aren't. The only one who suffered, last time we did this over Afghanistan and Iraq, or I shouldn't say the only one, the people of Afghanistan and Iraq suffered grievously, but so did the United States terribly in terms of blood and treasure, and for absolutely no gain strategically. We must not make the same mistake. We must use our realist brains, see what is vital, see what is important, and see what is peripheral. Not lump everything together and say everything, everywhere, all at once, is important. That is the road to imperial overstretch and absolute ruin. So we have to shout from the rooftops Niall Ferguson's dangerous neocon musings about World War III must be avoided, must be avoided at all costs. Realism, separating, keeping our heads is the answer. Thank you very much. Had to get this out there. Enjoy.